Are you struggling to get your project off the ground? Is the term research a dirty word? Need help finding more resources? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Center for Nursing Inquiry podcast. One of your co-hosts here, Elizabeth Scala, the Research Program Coordinator, and I am with... Maddie Whalen, the Evidence-Based Practice Program Coordinator. Awesome. Today's topic is going to be specific to evidence-based practice projects, and I just orient the listeners to this because I know our podcast runs the gamut of inquiry topics. Today we're going to talk about background versus foreground questions. And it is something that does trip people up. It still trips me up um, when thinking about doing an EBP. So before we get into why to use, how to use, and we even run an example, let's just talk straight definitions. So Maddie, what is a background question when we refer to evidence-based practice projects? Well, I think that we're actually lucky with these terms because, you know, an inquiry things can be a little confusing, but I do think the terms background and foreground are pretty descriptive. So it's really helpful just um, from the get-go. So a background question is really when you're trying to establish the state of the science, the state of the literature on a certain subject. So you don't maybe have a ton of, um, excuse me, using the, the word in the definition, but you maybe don't have a lot of background knowledge. So you are just trying to get a lay of the land about what information already exists. Whereas, Go ahead. Where, <laughs> whereas a foreground question um, is you really, you maybe have a better idea of what, uh, what information's available and then you're literally looking to compare two specific interventions to each other. Hmm. When I've went out and helped project teams in the past, I feel like there's a tendency to jump to foreground. And in a moment, we're going to talk about why to use, how they're different, that sort of thing. But I'm curious, do you tend to see a background question type more than a foreground or vice versa? Or is it pretty equal? I, I actually, I'm, I don't know the answer to this. Uh, my experience with the groups I've worked with is people are, are really tending to do background questions, which I think is it's always nice to be more conservative and really make sure you're understanding the sort of the lay of the land before delving into something very specific. Because if you do that, you might really be missing some other best practices that have um, that haven't been included in your really specific question. Hmm. That's a great point. And the only reason I said I see people tend to want to jump right to foreground is because they want to get to the answers. But if they have not yet gone to the literature and they don't know anything about the topic yet and they're, you know, trying to find one specific solution for their problem, I do just as you were talking about and I sway people, I bring them back, I kind of rein them in and remind them, if you don't have any sense of the solution to your problem and you really don't know what the best practice is, you do want to start with the background question. So I'm glad we kind of sorted that out. So why would you use one versus the other? Like, can you speak to how they're a bit different? Sure. So again, a background question might be something where you're really trying to get the group all on the same page about what information is available about a specific topic. Um, and so those questions might have, they might sound more like, what is the state of the science? What is the state of the literature? What are best practices for? So they're really just trying to, it's a catch-all. You're really trying to get as much information as possible about your specific uh, uh, clinical problem or your uh, clinical question. Um, because you're really filling in all of this background information, those questions can be a little bit more complex or a little time, time intensive because you're trying to get as much information as possible. Uh, 
compared to a foreground question, which is when you maybe already have done the background question and you have a better idea of what you're working with and you want to compare two very specific things. So interestingly, a background question can actually turn into a foreground question once you've really got to know what information exists. Those, like you said, those solutions might bubble to the top and you want to compare one specific thing to another. Excellent. So just to refresh for the audience, background, you really have no knowledge of the topic. You're not comparing anything. You're not comparing one solution to another. You might spend more time because you're looking at a vast array of literature and it can lead you to your future foreground question, which leads us to the examples um, because I think it really puts it in context for the folks listening to this podcast. Can you walk us through an example um, related to a project I know that you helped a group of folks with? Yeah, for sure. So I think, again, we're just to um, bring people back to what we're talking about, these um, EVP questions. We're talking about the PICO format, which is the population intervention um, comparison and outcomes. So when we're looking at the, what can sort of trick pe trip people up a little bit is sometimes when we're looking at a background question, people forget that when you're doing a background question, you actually don't have a comparison group. So that C of the PICO question becomes a not applicable. And sometimes I think people are a little nervous to do that because that's, you know, one quarter of the question that you're leaving out. But we're here to tell you that that's totally fine and writing not applicable is completely uh, okay and actually suggested in this um, circumstance. So just to give you an example of a project, um, uh, the background question that we worked on were what are best practices for nurse management of chest tube dressings as related to infection rates, as well as length of stay. So with your, when you were just describing to us the PICO question, um, I'm gonna go with that length of stay and infection rates were your outcomes you were looking for. Yeah, that was our, those were our outcomes. So that C, like I said, was not applicable, so we weren't comparing anything specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and then our intervention was uh, chest tube uh, dressing and then management of them. Uh, we actually, for that project, were looking specifically at uh, Department of Surgery patients. So that was our population. So we actually had that um, extra term in there. But you could theoretically go to the literature looking at any type of patient with a chest tube. Right. And I know just from knowing the ins and outs of working with you in your project work, <laughs> um, you know, that group found a lot and kind of had to break things down. So how, you know, how would foreground questions look like when you're talking about that, you know, the bigger background question, again, just to remind the audience, what are best practices um, nurse for nurse management of chest tube dressings, again, related to those outcomes we've already addressed, but how would you break those down into some foreground questions? So, yeah, and that's a really good point that we had this really big question and a lot of things ended up sort of bubbling to the surface. And so we wanted to maybe look more specifically at two things that really stood out as potential best practices. So a good example of how to turn that information into a foreground question um, are, um, does using petroleum impregnated gauze versus dry gauze dressings reduce the length of stay and infection rates in patients with chest tubes in, in the Department of Surgery, or in this case, post-surgical patients. So we really wanted to look at those two things because as we took a big wide swath of literature, it looked like those things might be something that were really what we wanted to hone in on. 
Hmm. And I heard right then and there, you were comparing something. So in your foreground question, you had that C and you had those things you were comparing against each other. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Great. So that was a great synopsis of background versus foreground questions used in evidence-based practice projects. If anyone listening out there wants to get a project started or has future questions about this topic or any others, you can reach out to us in several ways. So what's a couple ways they can find us, Maddie? Um, so we're here. We have a website um, or a tab on the nursing intranet. Uh, the Center for Nursing Inquiry. It'll pop up on the left-hand side after you click on professional practice. And there you can see all of our resources, our contact information, our videos, other awesome podcasts that we've done. There's a ton of information there. Uh, you can also reach out to us directly through our email address, which is nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu. Perfect. And we have a closed Facebook group. We're also on Instagram, but that's more public. But the closed Facebook group, uh, if you go to your search bar on Facebook, type in the Johns Hopkins Center for Nursing Inquiry, you can request to be added. And one of us from our staff will invite you to the group. So until next time, you know, get out there and do some inquiry projects. Thanks, everybody. Ooh, ooh, ooh.